and they said it would never happen. No one said that, John. Well, I had a few people tell people me. People have been really supportive. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that. I'm your host, John. Here's my friend, Johnny. Hey. And, uh, Johnny, we've been a little off the uh, podcasting grid for a little while. We took some time. We did. Uh, to Just away from each other. Right. Court this ordered. is the first time Johnny and I have spoken since then. Um, Our blood feud is over. Thank court, God. Court ordered. <laughs> <laughs> It's like one of those shows where the judge orders you to be somebody's butler or whatever. <laughs> like a weird random. We had a strange couple months of me as your butler. we got to sleep on top of a billboard. <laughs> Wasn't this like Brewster's Millions or something? What are we doing here? Okay, so I worked with a comedian last night uh, named oh God, Bob Nelson. Bob Nelson. So Bob Nelson started in like the 70s. Yeah. Huge star in the, in the 80s and 90s. And now he's just kind of like hustling and he's just trying to like keep his, you know, build an audience again. Right. But he's a great guy, sweet guy. But he was in Brewster's Millions. Really? Isn't that funny you dropped that? Wow. I think he was edited out. He was like a bit part. So he was telling the story on stage last night of all the movies he was in. And he was like, I was in, remember Brewster's Millions? <laughs> yeah, I was in that. I was like, yes. And then I went, I told all my friends, come to the thing. And then he goes, I got to the part. I was like, edit it out. <laughs> oh, I'm in this other scene though. No. <laughs> and he's like, but I still get a check. He gets like a $6 check every couple of years. Wow. Because I guess if you're in it, you're in it, and they don't, it doesn't matter. What are the irony that a movie called Brewster's Millions would send you a $6, $6 check, check every two years? Yeah. That seems, like, cruel. Richard Pryor probably made millions from it, though. Oh, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what a star of his caliber made in, for a movie that back then. I feel like they were making just as much back then on movies as they are today in, in, d- depending on the know. size of it. Stars though? Because I remember when Bruce Willis got five million to do Die Hard and people were like, how could they give this unbankable, it's an action movie and they, whatever. He'd only done like one other movie called Blind Date with Kim Basing. Remember that? Oh yeah. And he would moonlighting. Somebody thought of him as a comedy. So they were like, why would they do it? And $5 million, he'll never. And then it was the biggest box office right. or whatever. It was a huge smash. Yeah. Iconic movie. Uh, spawned four sequels or whatever. But back then it was like $5 million. Now $5 million is what you give like Rob Schneider. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I disagree. Although you can go by like 80s Rob money Schneider. versus now. Rob Schneider, not a sponsor. <laughs> Rob Schneider in Die Hard 7. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, a lot has happened. I don't even know where to begin, Johnny. The holidays happened. The holidays happened since we were last on the podcast. By the way, I don't like when Christians get upset when you just say holidays, meaning Christmas uh-huh. and New Year's. Uh-huh. They think I'm saying happy holidays because I don't want to say Merry Christmas. No, I just mean there were several holidays clumped together. Well, it's not I, a political correct thing to say, but people, I, one time I said holidays, saying, well, you know, the holidays are going to, it's called Christmas. I was like, settle oh down, Papa. Yeah. Put your MAGA hat away for a second. Yeah. This is not some hill to die on. I just mean a couple of holidays. Right. Multiple things happened. And instead of naming each of them individually, right. it was easier to make. But the deal is, here's what's funny about holidays. Jimmy. Right. It actually means holy days. Holy days. So those of us who say... I can't say Christmas are actually still saying something religious by saying holy days. Yeah. That, that's what holidays means. And they want them to be happy. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. Let me see. We, let me see, for Christmas, I don't remember what happened, Johnny. I, I know. It's I a blur, right? Christmas now. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody cares. No, uh, they're all like. Did you get, do you get presents at this point in your no. life? No. 
It's all about other people. I do get presents from my uh, from like my mom, my mother in law. That's nice. But I don't. I don't it's get a book, probably. What do you get? Uh, just depends. Clothes. You know, it's it's uh, like with my mom with my that side of the family. We're just kind of exchanging cash. Usually, That's we're, nice. we're at that place. You know. Oh, look! Here's a hundred dollars for you. Oh, here's a hundred dollars for you. Yeah. Is it like a gift card though? Sometimes. Yeah. They just give you cash for real. We'll get yeah. We'll get you know. <laughs> We'll get some cash, and that's good. Uh, but but you know my my mother in law uh, uh, also she's very very thoughtful gift giver as well. Everybody you know that that's her language, like that's her thing, and so she's so good at it. And, yeah. And yes, there'll be some clothes and other things along with it's just lots of creative things. Gift so. cards for like non family family too, but like your your peripheral family, you do the gift card thing, and because you're I'm hard to shop for. But I noticed that I'm doing the math in my head sometimes where I'm like, all right, I got you a $50 Best Buy. You got me a $30 Olive Garden. Yeah. I'm 20 in the hole yeah. already. It's a net negative 20. I don't give my friends really presents anymore because of that very I've reason. I've noticed that. It hurts my feelings. <sighs> you know, I the thought, deal is. I thought we were close. If you want something, you're just going to buy it anyway. What am I going to buy? So sometimes oh, because I'm that rich, John? Why, Johnny, you're rolling in it. And I think we both know it. That's why we have this award. I don't have the good Tesla, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, I bought, I was an early adopter, and right. now they go zero to 60 in 2.2, right. and you're like, ugh. Yeah. No, I don't have. No, you don't have a Tesla. I've got a, GMC. a GMC. I've got a GMC terrain. It's very nice. Which I like. Yeah, it's very nice. My buddy Marty got a Kia Nero, oh. which you thought was which, an odd uh, Yeah, that's an odd, let's burn the city. You know, it's very. Which, oddly enough, it burns less. It's a very wow. fuel efficient. Maybe that's what they were like. Maybe that's what they were going for, like this weird, strange, yeah. layered meaning to the Kia I don't think Nero. Because so. it's N-I. It probably means something in Korean. You think like, so? What does Neo, Nero mean in Korean? N-I-R-O. Maybe it's like you, a nonsense Are word. you asking me as if I speak Korean? I, well, you were a Rhodes Scholar, weren't you? Whittle I Scholar. Not, I was not no, a Rhodes Scholar. Rhodes Scholar's different. <laughs> well, Rhodes Scholar is something you actually heard of before. Well, Whittle Scholar was good, though. That was back then. You got a good. free ride to school. I got a free ride. And what did it teach you? Nothing, Nothing. in Korean. I, I don't know anything about Korean. So this was a prank that we almost did. I don't know if we ever told you that we were going to do it when I worked here at the church. Okay, because we're in John's office, and John has his diplomas, his master's degree. Uh, <laughs> I'm a very big deal. Bachelor guys. of Arts or whatever it is. A Bachelor of Arts. It is a Bachelor of Science? Arts. Bachelor of yes. Arts. So you got your BA, you got your master's degree, and they're huge. You know, it's probably a it's a big plaque my wife made those got those i know it's me. fine john to be proud of something you did i don't mean I'm, that so we roy pastor roy the children's pastor here and pastor Andrew, like one of our big pranks that we were going to do one day when you were out on some errand or something we were going to like go to kinko's and have those shrunk down <laughs> to like like baseball card size <laughs> and then replace them like put frames around them <laughs> and just replace them in your office with tiny versions of them i don't know why we never did it <laughs> I don't know because it's a monumental waste of time. It's a money. It was, but I mean, we waste a lot of time. Oh. That's ministry. <laughs> yes, there have been a few things. You know, but this yeah. is normally the time of the year for the, for almost ten years that you and I would be shooting the state of the dress, tra- state of the church address, state of the dress. church address, and we would be like literally right now outside shooting an explosion somewhere as they walked away yeah. from it slowly. Or I'd be doing rewrites and just like sweating oh blood gosh. about like, oh, we've, we've already done this gag or we've, you know, yeah. we did it for so many years that it's like you run out of ideas. We were doing Morton Chat, the the two newscasters, you know, and, and you were the kind of ridiculous one and, and I was, you know, pitching your lines and you were making fun of my hair back when I had it. I don't. Because those were the days. Bro. I don't remember 
it getting that personal, but maybe it did. <laughs> if only if I was desperate. So the truth is, to, for our listeners, I do want you to know um, there actually is a reason that that on my end, I can't speak for Johnny, but I can. Oh I, I can. He was just lazy, but I can tell you on my end, there was a real reason why that the podcast sort of it, it wasn't. It, we didn't have it for a while. It's a great reason, actually. So, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and I know I told I told Johnny I'm going to because our listeners don't matter. I, <laughs> uh, so you may have followed the story of Tyler Trent, yeah, who is the was the Purdue student, uh, who was the super fan, and he predicted Ohio State would lose to Purdue, and his story broke with Ron, uh, sorry, Tom Rinaldi. From ESPN, and it was mm-hmm. like, man, it was like a trending topic. Then he did Sports Center, and yep. yeah, Scott Van He was a sports writer, uh, brilliant, brilliant kid. Um, it was twenty, had his third reoccurrence uh, of osteosarcoma, and so anyway, I got a call somewhere around mid-November that you know he's terminal, and he's a writer, and he wants to do a book, you know, before he passes, and so basically, it was this opportunity to really minister to this family. I've become friends with them. And so I've been in Indianapolis multiple times. That's where he lived. And, um, he went, I went to the college football hall of fame, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, the he, award ceremony. He got awarded the Disney spirit award at the night. They, they gave out every award that night to all of college football, except the Heisman. It happens that weekend. And so I was in Atlanta college football hall of fame, kind of taking in that whole experience. Cause I wrote about it in mm-hmm. the book. And uh, it was really crazy. Like you're sitting a couple rows over from Nick Saban and and from two. Did you sense evil? Like did you? I did. I did. There was like a felt. It was like a. It was in the room. I could feel it. <laughs> and I actually walked right past him at the end. Like we were like. I like, bet he's a great guy. That's oh, what's sad. Yeah, I'm sure he's awesome. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, but I'm sure. If he was our coach, we'd run through a wall. Oh my guy. gosh, we'd be freaking out. <laughs> We'd be just as obnoxious as Alabama. He's fans. shorter than he seems. He's, you know, he's compact. He's got that big personality and big voice. But like, if you ever see him standing next to even like a sportscaster, yeah, like the female sportscaster will be interviewing at halftime, and I'll be like, "She's taller than him." I think he's over seventy. Really? Like, I don't. Yeah, he's not a young guy. So he, maybe he shrank some. He's in better shape right now. Oh no, he is like a big, 70. the big forearms. He got the big forearms. Yeah, yeah. I bet he plays golf a lot. He's got that. Herschel Walker was there. Now that guy's in shape. Yeah. Holy moly. He does UFC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's when you go, yeah, I was one of the best football players of all time. I think I'll take about 20 years off, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to start cage fighting. Mm-hmm. Just on the side. Just going to pick it up. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's, yeah. Um, it was really, it was really great, and, and Tyler did a great job. You know, he was struggling physically, mentally, and, and but... Man, it, it, you need to go watch the video if you haven't seen it, just of his time and, and his interview on the stage. And David Blau is the quarterback yeah, yeah. Uh, for uh, the Boilermakers. And, man. They became really close, right? They became very close. He he rolled him out onto the stage and interviewed him as well. And and, we, and he's in the book as well. What a great kid as well. Spent Kind of spent the day with the family with him. And, yeah. Um, Wishing him the best. He's going to be going to some NFL combines. Already has, you know, really hoping for his next his next step. So, and of course, they had the Music City Bowl. Uh, Purdue came to play Auburn the Music City Bowl, and Tyler was asked by the Music City Bowl, not not by Purdue, uh, but by the Music City Bowl, to be the honorary captain of the whole game for both huh. teams. So that was kind of his last. Um, 
his last you know moment. In fact, he really began going downhill to, to the end, the moment after the coin toss, which is what his last thing was. And uh, before he could even get back to Indianapolis, he was pretty much having to be sedated, and then he passed away on, on New Year's Day. So all that being said, we went through the process. We Tyler and I wrote together on things, um, helping this book with the family. I write multiple voices, getting all their story, and there's tons of footage and other things to work from. It's an amazing story uh, in terms of what had already been – I'd already been brought to the table for research before they ever knew they could do a book. Yeah. Like all, all this stuff. This dude named Scott, amazing guy, just felt kind of divinely led a couple years ago to start just really following Tyler with a camera and just speaking to him candidly. And so yeah. we have all this footage, and ESPN was, was so gracious, donated a lot of their raw footage. And, and so and Tyler really was enjoying what we were writing and, and, and was on board for it, knew where it was going and yeah. was editing things and, and helping write. and. And then, you know, it was just so it was a great process, but we didn't get a traditional really publishing deal because of the timing of it above right. all else. And so they ended up going with a, another publisher and what they wanted was uh, the manuscript done in 30 days. Yeah. So this is why we haven't had a podcast. And the long story short, they asked for a manuscript in 30 days. Could could we do it? Yeah. So normally I take four to six months to write a, po- a, a manuscript. Yeah. Um, and so – but this was a family. I, I, we've really grown close, and I love them. And and and, and so basically, I just and I'm happy to say I sent off the very first draft of the full manuscript. It was supposed to be fifty thousand words. When we got done, it was eighty two thousand. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've written four jokes in thirty days, <laughs> four, and a couple of them worked. Huh? Yeah, eighty two thousand words. You win. Um, and that's just again not. Lord knows it was so many Jesus things happened in this process. It was unbelievable. But the book has already had a ton of pre-orders. It's done really well in terms – you can go to Tyler – Dozens TylerTrentBook.com because a lot of it's going to cancer research. And um, and we're still mourning with the family. And But this is a great way. Tyler really honors God in this book and honors his story. And it really is a great story, like a crazy story of what all happened and what yeah. they're feeling and going through. And so that'll be out. It should be about mid-March. And so it's off now in editing and all those things. But it's called The Upset. Yeah. Life, sports, death, and the legacy we leave in between. So um, by Tyler Trent. So go check it out, TylerTrentBook.com. Yeah, it's crazy. 30 days. Yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. And um, So you, uh, your daughter doesn't know you at this point. You know, man, my family are such troopers, uh, and so is my church. I mean, because I've worked you know, I did my normal job, and, and January is a big month for us. Usually, we we actually have our covenant Sunday this week, and so uh, I wrote a lot at night in the mornings and my days off and weekends and those kinds of things. Yeah. But they were so supportive, and I got sick, of course, in the middle of all this, like everybody else. January, yeah, yeah. Had a steroid shot last week at antibiotics, and uh, yeah, you look huge. And yeah, absolutely. I'm like John on steroids. So explain, so explain the voices thing to the somebody who doesn't understand ghostwriting. When I, I, or co-writing or yeah, whatever. Yeah, collaborative writing. Yeah, right. It's not really ghostwriting in that respect. I know that, that term, is we don't use it very much anymore because it, 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 a, a true ghostwriter would be like, hey, we just took this guy's stuff and he never even saw it. You know, kind right, of like, it's almost just, unauthorized or something. Right, right, yeah. We wrote as if he wasn't there. Yeah. Um, collaborative writing, it really is a so – like I always tell if I work with an author that basically I'm an interpreter. So if you were to travel – Johnny to you know France, and you were going to speak to people there. Yeah, then they wouldn't just translate your words. 
word for word because there's a lot of cultural changes. Like mm-hmm. I know in Spanish when we're traveling, we have so many euphemisms and little sayings and expressions that wouldn't make sense in Spanish with a direct translation. Right. Even the even the words like you don't say I am hungry, you say I have hunger. That's the direct translation. Yeah. And so my job is not just to take your words and get them on paper. It's to translate it for a reader and to interpret it into a way that what mm-hmm. you say, have said, your story, your message, where you speak about it, that I'm maintaining and preserving exactly what that is, but working with you to get that interpreted to where it works for a book reader. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then sometimes you also write as like a secondary voice that's kind of floating above the story, right. narrating the story. Yeah, I'm putting together all the pieces that yeah. would make this flow like a book. Which I think people are used to receiving information like that now because that's how television's become. That's how yeah. Like there's a lot of like interjected content that's overlapping, even like powerful dramas. There's all kinds of other layers to it. So we're kind of used to receiving info that way. Yeah. We were really blessed that not only was, was Tyler a writer, so he was he was actually gifted at this, and we include like some of the articles he wrote for the Indianapolis Start, other things in the book. But uh, and so we were able to spend time really going over what it was he wanted to say and, and getting yeah. it exactly. Um, but also, I mean, we we you know share a similar message because I mean that's not I'm, I'm I'm in ministry, so there's a lot of things he wanted to say about his faith and other things that that really fit well. But also his family so heavily involved, and so his mom and dad I mean are speaking throughout the book, and so it's kind of like there's 16 chapters. I believe that uh, you know. Nine of them are in Tyler's voice, I and mean, exactly Tyler's saying everything right, right. that Tyler wanted to say, and then the others are are in his parents' voices, and then I do one just third person. That's kind of as he gets. It, it, there's a, a moment in the book where we say, you know, at this moment in time is when Tyler could no longer, you know, he, he mentally, physically couldn't help yeah. along this, and so we kind of tell what happened in his last days, going to Atlanta and Nashville and all those things, and it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story, and then. Uh, end of that sort of part of the narrative with his own voice that he wrote in the articles. Um, so I'm quoting him at that point as opposed to mm-hmm. the others. So it was, man, I'm telling you, it was crazy. It was a crazy, it was the craziest thing ever done. In, yeah. In well, and like, like that's the whole point of that collaborative thing. It's cool. And you get the little, like with, with John Driver, but I was thinking about like, you've done so many things now. It's like, I remember our buddy, he was owed like a bunch of money from this company a few years ago. They shorted him or something. They had a contract. And then it was like, he was owed a ton of money. It was like tens of thousands of dollars. And they were like, we need to, he goes, he came to you. It's like, John, help me construct this letter. Like, I need to threaten these people that I'm going to go to my lawyers and I've reached out. And I just want to make sure it's worded right. So you're like, you wrote this huge, like, and you send it to me. The email. <laughs> you said, what do you think of this? I can't remember. If you showed it to me after the fact, I was like, man, this would scare me. And it was like signed with John <laughs> He should sign that you ghost wrote his threatening letter. That's such a funny idea. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing that happened yeah. in the middle of all this is my first solo book released on the, the avid endorsement. January 8th. On the day of Tyler's funeral. On the day of Tyler's funeral. Which is, man. So this was crazy. So Andrew, my, our pastor, one of my great friends, Andrew Wharton, I mean, has been, I mean, I'm telling you, man, the guy just, Never ceases to amaze me how giving and selfless he is. So he drove me to Indianapolis twice. We, we rode up together, helped me with the interviews. You know, we made trips out of it, sp- you know, spent time with the family. Just, just a great guy. So on that day, like I didn't. I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta handle 
you know, you got to support the book and tweet. I mean, I'm not some huge deal or whatever, but I want to do my best. That makes it even you have to do it because, yeah, you can't just be like, well, I dropped a book. It'll find it. You have to oh, generate yeah. some of this momentum, and you're doing it on a day where you need to be really present for yeah. the family, and you're processing your own grief. Yeah. I, I, you my, told me that it was happening the same day. I was like, I can't imagine going through that. Well, and I had to like, I had to like tell the family. It was awkward. I was like, "Hey, listen, you're going to see me tweeting about a funny, stupid yeah. book today, um, and it's not meant to, you know." They understood, right? Oh, they did. They were they were so yeah. gracious. But I had to at least acknowledge it because yeah. it's like, oh, it's by the way, day. our friend died, and woo, you know. Hey, look at me, everybody. And so, but it was great. But I wrote in the back of Anders Prius, and that dude showed not a sponsor up. Prius. That, <laughs> that dude showed up that morning. Yeah, and had like snacks for me hot tea in the back in like a thermos had all this stuff set and we rode like it was like driving miss daisy like he drove i had headphones in and i had pictures of it and he drove me five hours to indianapolis the whole way stopped he would go in and get me coffees from starbucks whatever because i had to write like i had to had a word count daily this was crazy had to get done yeah and went up there we got to the hotel cleaned up went to the funeral and then came home and he did the same thing all the way home so like the yeah. whole writing trip, that was a that was a crazy day. And then we're I'm tweeting about the book as I go and reaching out to our influencers and reaching out to the publisher and yeah. But uh, but the book, by the way, is out. Yeah. So and, and we haven't had to do a podcast since then. The the ultimate guide to the avid endorsement. The ultimate guide for four four, not yeah. two because then you're right. It's like a, that's know. like an anatomy book. Yeah, to you, the, the avid endorsement. It's actually done pretty well, actually. Uh, and, and we're getting a lot of really good reviews from Publishers Weekly gave us a great review. Uh, and then a lot of good reviews on Amazon. And so I'm just going to – I mean, Johnny, I, I can't help it. I'm, I'm not that big. Publishers – what is it? Publishers Weekly? Publishers Weekly, yeah. I got a thing from Publishers Clearinghouse. Really? I may have already. You may have already won. That's a huge No, deal. and literally they just said, you've lost. It didn't even <laughs> waste my time. <laughs> Like, why did we even waste a stamp on this? You should put, you know what, I'm going to put that because I did funny endorsements. Did yeah. I read the endorsements to you? Oh, my gosh. Is it like the the quasi-endorsement? Uh, did you go that route? I did. I've so done like, this before. I did. Well, well, yeah. I did that for a comedy show, and it was one of my only videos that ever, like, tanked. <laughs> like, I sent it to Greg Kanda, your brother-in-law, and I was like, how'd the second video go? And he goes, ah, not good. <laughs> and I go, what happened? He goes, people were just kind of, like, offended because I put something like, it was the quotes flowing up, yeah. from like what people are saying about my show. Because I didn't have, I didn't have uh, video clips yet. Yeah, I had not done stand up, but like two times. Yeah, so we just had to like create these videos out of nothing. Yeah. So one idea I had was like, I'll create these quotes. It's like, and so I had the one that was like, I've never seen anything like it, and it was Stevie Wonder, <laughs> <laughs> which is just it's it's pretty hacky, but it's also yeah maybe offensive, maybe a little. But bit. I will. Did a blind person ever see it though? Like, is that no? Are, you're offended on behalf of blind people at that point, right? Anyway, go ahead with your funny. We, I'm sure yours are way more tasteful. We, we may have listeners who are offended, but <clears throat> no, their their other senses are heightened. Probably they can hear it even better. That's that's very oh possible. my gosh! Oh, you did that. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually gotten as many because you know again, this is the kind of book. By the way, it's a bathroom book, so you don't have don't, to. You don't have to read it all. I think that's dismissive, though, of what you've created, John, to call it a bathroom book. Well, I will say this: it is a it is a it is a completely ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> overly articulated bathroom book, for sure. But the illustrations are great. Yeah. I'm holding one in my hand. So the first page says, this book is very important. International Society of Important Things. So like the first thing you're like, oh, I wonder, is that really a... And the next one says, come again? You want me to endorse what? 
Bear Grylls, which I found out, by the way. I know someone who knows Bear Grylls is going to take him a copy. So he could have given, he could have actually given a real endorsement. Right. You're very special to me. Please leave a message after the tone. Oprah Winfrey dot 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 voicemail. Voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite one. Do you think her voicemail really says that? I don't know. You're very important to me. (laughs) I mean, I have her number. Uh, My favorite one, I think, on her actually was, I wish I would have had such a book when I was alive, Winston Churchill. Yeah. So yours are not as offensive as this. No. This book is utterly ridiculous. And then I put in in brackets, Lee well-written, emphasis mine, unnamed publishing executive. Uh, So this book is utterly ridiculously well-written. So anyway, so uh, go check it out. It's at avidendorsementbook.com. Yeah. Okay, and you can take now. This is the thing, Johnny, mm-hmm. and it's I mean it's it's spreading worldwide. You right now can go online and take the twenty question endoriogram, and it measures your level of endorsementship. Whether you're a social endorsement, a casual endorsement, an avid outdoorsman, guys, it's very specific, and you can share. So I'm putting a challenge out there, and I'm going to put a challenge. Uh, to our listeners to go take the Endoriagram and then you can you can share it. There's a little share button for for social media at the end. But Johnny, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's changing lives. It's changing. It's not changing lives. Well, but it's life, fun. Your life is enriched. <laughs> it's changing my life. That's good. No, it's great, man. Uh, go buy the book. That's fun. It'll uh, it'll it's a bathroom book. It really would help if you go to Amazon and leave a review. That actually would help. We have some great reviews there, but that helps people kind of see what the book's about. Because a lot of people are taking their phone to the bathroom, so it's like, what do you, you kind of compete with them. You although have a, some, it's although a Kindle. sometimes you forget. Get the Kindle your, version. Or you forget your phone, and you're like, what am I going to do now? You have a panic attack, and then you notice, wait a minute, I've got this book here. Yes. That other people who have... Touch. Relieve themselves. They've touched. They've it. touched this book. Yeah, this you're going to want to take. This book has been flagged. Yeah, get some uh, Purell wipes. We actually talk about some things in the book re- relating to things you might suffer from in the bathroom, such as cognitive dissonance, which is when the toilet's clogged and you're in a place where you don't want to admit it to other people. So people, this is a state of mind that you enter. There's all kinds of things in there to help you. Very practical. Very practical things in this book. Yes. Um, that you're not going to get elsewhere. I can guarantee you that. Johnny, how many books could help you with those kinds of issues? <clears throat> the answer is one. <laughs> exactly. Need to get you a <clears throat> lozenge. <laughs> I'm getting choked up over here. It's upsetting. Wow. You're a whirlwind, though, and you got Vertical Marriage that just came out, another book that you wrote with uh, David Collaborative, and, uh, what have you? Collaborative. Vertical Marriage. Vertical Marriage came out on January 29th. Uh, that was that was that this week? That was this week. With David Ann Wilson, and that was with Zondervan. And yes, so that one was on the Today Show last week. Yes. This is crazy. You want to be on the Tonight Show? Horizontal Marriage. <laughs> that'll, <laughs> that'll get you there. What about Diagonal Marriage? Dude, that's going to be the sequel. How to treat him like... A bishop, right. so that he'll treat you like a queen. Diagonal marriage, <laughs> something like that. These bylines write themselves. I don't even know you guys. played chess. That's I well, I know the rules of chess. Do you? Well, the horse makes an L, right? Yes, that's the, all I the know. Knight makes a, a three. Wouldn't it be funny if there was a horse that only did that? <laughs> if you had a real horse that did that, you put it down. You'd be like, "Well, look, 
<laughs> he learned from the Look, best. He moved three moves in an L shape. God, that's hilarious, Johnny. Like somebody trying to take a castle that way. <laughs> I'll take your castle then if you won't surrender. <laughs> he just keeps going up three and over one until he gets there. Speaking of livestock. No. I don't know if this is actually livestock. So on my road, this is in Mount Juliet. On my road, there's a house. And that house owns, like it's a, it's a big house with a big white fence out front. And it's full of animals that you would not expect to see in Mount Juliet. Okay. They have llamas, alpaca, hmm. goats, like all kinds of animals that, and it's not a farm. Like it's just a house. With a bunch of animals. Is that legal? Well, technically, we're in the county. Okay. Even though, like, you can... But you are, are you the kind of person that would support or you would report them or... No, no. My, my kid loves to see the animals. So the but go- where would you draw the line? Well... Like how exotic? This Tigers may, and such? This may be where I drew the line. Okay. So my... And it's a very, like, hilly road to get to it. So the other day, we're driving along. We're driving along. We come over this hill, and the, there was a herd of goats... In the road, like right at this blind hill. They're going to get hit. There's no way because cars fly over that hill. Yeah. So Sadie is ecstatic. Like she's filming it on her phone. That's something else that happened, by the way. My daughter got a phone. But oh, wow. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that. So she wants the views. She's thinking, well, this will get views. Well, I'm not letting her post social media or anything. We got a phone. Look, Johnny, she's only 10, but here's what happened. We weren't going to do it. I want her to have a phone. She's on a th- she's on a thirteens volleyball team. She always plays up. There's not enough girls to play in her age, and she's good enough to make the team. Mm-hmm. So she makes the thirteens team. And the other day, at the end of practice, the coach is like, "All right, guys, I want y'all to get your text thread. Our first tournament's coming up. Getting your text threads." And she has this iPad, and as long as you have iMessage, then you're good or message, whatever you call it now. And so, sure enough, yeah. she can't get into the thread, and I see her like being like. She's being left out. She's left out. It's not her fault that she's not old enough to have the phone. So, of course, we went and got her phone. Because her parents are Luddites. Right. We went and got her phone, and we set rules on it and all those things. You would have thought we bought that kid a Lamborghini, which in other news is the car she wants when she turns 16, which is not going to happen. Purple. But anyway. Why would a girl want a purple Lamborghini? I don't know. I don't know. She doesn't know. That's not a. She's. I don't know. She just loves him. That's not a girly car, is it? She's unique, bro. She is. She's like a little butterfly. Yeah. Anywho, so she takes her phone out. We're taking video and pictures of these goats. Okay. And we kind of, I kind of heard them a little bit with my truck. You herded them over just, just to kind of help them along to get off of this main hill. <laughs> we get home. Twenty minutes later, I'm not talking. It's like a mile down the road. Yeah. And then past their house. Yeah. Twenty minutes later, said he goes. The goats are here. The goats have come into our neighbor's they, driveway. They sensed you. They knew you were the leader. And they followed me. They bro. followed you. They made some sort of connection. You are a shepherd. So we get outside. It's freezing outside, and Sadie and I, on foot, <laughs> herd the goats all the way back to their house. And I saved them from imminent danger multiple times because, like, at one point, a Corvette comes flying around the corner, and I'm waving my arms. He's going to just run over about five goats. So me and Sadie, she thought, I mean, it was a great daddy-daughter adventure. Like, we herded goats on the open road, Johnny, just like you do in a farm, all the way back, and we saved their lives that day. When we got there, the sheriff was there, one of the deputies, and uh, they get out between this little... little, uh, gap between the gate and the fence yeah. or whatever. So we herded them back in. And, uh, Why was the sheriff there? 
Because someone had called because the goats are like That's when you know they're you a, a hazard. Small town. <laughs> it was Barney. Hazard's the right word because it feels like Hazard County. It's a that's a whole episode when the goats got out and like as Boss as we Hog drove over the top, up. everything paused and we heard Waylon Jennings' voice. Yeah, that's like, when you know it's bad when you hear a Waylon Jennings voice. Oh over. my goodness! But taking too many chances. Anyway, we saved the goats, bro. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I want to get a bumper sticker. Save the goats. You left the you left the ninety nine. Well, you left the one. Your daughter to go save ninety nine goats. I took the one with me to save the ninety nine. It's, it's it's a new it's a whole other parable. <laughs> Speaking of which, you had a moment the other day, and I was like, "How are you going to make this into a spiritual thing?" It's just an embarrassing story. It's been a weird, but you'll find a way because that's what you do. Listen, I, I try. I do try to work things in. Did I tell you what I worked in the other day? You'll laugh about this. I'm gonna have to show you. You have what? no idea. You're going to... Are you keeping clothes on? What's you're going to ridicule me. You're unzipping things. You're going to ridicule me. You see what I'm wearing here? Yeah. So the other day, during this writing thing, I am wearing right now a posture corrector. I saw it oh, on... I didn't know that's what that was. I, I saw it, was it on... You can't see the, see the strap right there? You have a posture corrector? I'm wearing this... Is it buzz? It's a back brace. Okay. So it wraps around. But I've seen the ones that have a buzzer on them where if you hunch, they'll go... No, this one you just like cinch yourself up basically. And so you pulls your shoulders back. So... Does it hurt? You know, you and I have horrible... It hurt at first. Wait a minute. Don't drag me into this. I used you in the sermon. Oh my! Now gosh. I know you didn't listen to the podcast, the other sermon podcast. I did listen. I didn't get to that no, point. No, not that one. It was two oh. weeks before. So you talked about your slouchy friend Johnny. That was your big sermon illustration. Well, no, I just. Well, used, we all know Johnny's the letter C, right? Well, I did. I think I said question mark is what we were. But anyway, oh I, I equally indicted us both for our posture. Oh <laughs> Why are we friends? And so I was. So basically, I did this whole thing about. Yeah. Y'all don't know I've been wearing this for a week, and it did hurt at first, but now I can't even feel it, and it actually has my posture's improved. And so, but have you taken it off to see? Well, I'm saying yes, I, bet I have. You slouched like a son of a gun in the shower. I notice when I, I notice when I take it off that I still seem to be holding my shoulders back more. Interesting. So, uh, but the deal is, people don't know I'm wearing it, you know, and knowing that's okay. So I talked. Now about, they will. I talked about like <laughs> I think we were we were talking about. Um, being teachable is the posture of your yeah. life. And so okay. I talked about putting clothing yourself with something different. Don't just assume you're going to wake up and stop being obstinate. Like yeah. you're going to have to add something to yourself through God's word and God's people in order for you to change, you know, because I guys, I, I forever have gone into my day going, you know what today, Johnny, I'm not slouching. I'm not going to remember and not, it's not going to happen. It's too much a part of my nature. So God has given us things to help us adjust who we are through his word and through his community. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the thing. I, I, I took the vest off that I was wearing to show them, but I'm, I've been wearing this the whole time. And you may not notice, but it's I'm taking actions, you know, to change the way yeah. I stand. And I did that because my back would hurt real bad if I wrote this long sitting, because I wrote sometimes nine, 12 hours, and my back, my back will hurt real bad. So this helped me keep my posture right. Anywho, back to the other illustration that it, I don't think I will find a way. I don't yeah. know. I may You'll find, a, find way. a way. I already thought of a couple, but let's go. So three nights ago, uh, so my dog, this, this is a crazy times. So much has happened, listeners. Uh, my dog got pancreatitis. Like we thought we Your almost. dog's pretty old. You've almost had to put it down a couple of times. Yes, he's 13 and a half. Broody. Brutus is hanging on, and I'm not ready. I'm just not ready still. So, I, I, you know, it's okay, but my daughter's not ready. And we, the, we, apparently we're now discussing getting another puppy. Uh, which is, you know, 
I'm not ready for that. I don't want to have to train another. Anyway, I just want things to just remain a little bit longer as they are. So Brutus stops eating, drinking, won't get out of the bed, just like peeing on himself, laying in his own bed, like something's not right. You stand him up, he falls over, and it's like, this is it. We're losing Brutus. I get him to the vet. $600 later, basically figure out he's got pancreatitis. It's very painful. He has to go on antibiotics. We have to nurse him back to health. But it kind of gets him all messed up a little bit in the bathroom area because he hadn't been eating for days and all those things. So yeah. the other night, one thirty in the morning, and I, of course, had just taken these steroids, antibiotics, other things to sleep, and I'm trying to get well. He hits my feet and wakes me up, and yeah. I know he's about to just poop all over the place if I don't take him outside. So I, it's freezing. It's five degrees outside, mm-hmm. but I'm in my I'm like in a stupor. So I walk in my underwear to the front door. Usually I take him out the back, but there's fewer steps in the front. And I let him out the door. Mm-hmm. And then I walk away for a few minutes and I come back, like just for a second, because he can't even walk like five feet right now. The dog has been basically an So you abandoned him because you're like, he'll be good. I just stepped away for a second. I come back. It's he's a little just, too cold for you. He's gone. Oh, my gosh. And he's black already and it's dark and he'll wander off and he can't see and hear. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose the dog. I don't even have time to get clothes on. So I make this split second decision. Yeah. I'm going to have to walk out. And you know I hate cold. Like, you yeah. know I bundle up like mammal. Who hates? Who doesn't hate cold? Everybody hates cold. Some act like it doesn't bother them. It really. Well, you're skinny too. That's really bothers me. So I decide I'm going to walk outside in five-degree yeah. weather on the front porch because I see him down by the driveway. I'm going to mm-hmm. walk all the way down the sidewalk, and I'm going to get the dog half naked, mostly naked. <laughs> Let's go and just call it naked. Right. And I'm going to bring it back in. Well, there's there's one twist to this story. I had built a little ramp for when my 88-year-old grandfather came for Thanksgiving and Christmas Mm -hmm. to help him up the front steps, and I had not removed it yet. So I walk outside to go fast to get this dog, and when I – my bare foot hits that wooden ramp. Apparently ice had developed on it. My feet fly up in the air, and I hit that ramp like a sack of dirt. Like, go down like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. So hard, I, like, bounced back up. Hurt my arm. Hurt my, my ankle. Now I'm outside. And I run down there. It hurt. Yeah. It hurt real bad. And I started thinking, Johnny, the truth is I probably should have hit my head on those steps because I was going down and then falling backwards. If I would have, think this through. John would have been laying naked outside in five-degree weather unconscious and not a soul mm-hmm. on the planet would have known I was there. I don't have a phone. <laughs> My wife is asleep. Like, no one would have known. And Brutus would have been gone. And you're naked. And naked. I would so have had a hematoma. Hypothermia. Discovery, people are going, what happened? And to piece all this together, like, if this would have been an episode of CSI, yeah. I mean, what in the world? Actually, it would have been pretty easy, probably, to figure yeah, out. Yeah, you let the, the dog out and you slipped on the ramp. Yeah. But I would have staged it. <laughs> so. <laughs> what, what, what sort of message was he trying to send? Yeah. <clears throat> It was not my finest hour. Man, so. you don't think – have you thought about the – I mean, have you considered that maybe you shouldn't have said bad things about my posture and that was like <laughs> God's way of being like, hey, next time. I'm going to get you. Get clearance. Sounds just like God. Well, I'm just saying just get clearance on your sermon illustrations next time. Johnny, I, anything that you've said in a show yeah. or that you've said in, in, in mixed company, I assume. I don't know. Do I have jokes about you in the show? I don't know if I do or not. I don't know. I just don't. But I use you all the time. I know. Yeah. I can't help it. 
usually it's to quote you. Usually, it, usually it's here's what what could happen. All I'm right. going to say something funny that you say. Yeah. Not usually. It's not usually one of your bids. It's and you're hoping it'll get a better response than if you just said you said it. Well, no, it's not that. It's that I know if I don't give you credit, then you're going to find out about it, and you're going to come back, and you're going to be like, you said that. That happens to me too. Like I'll have. I mean, you think that I'm a oh, Johnny's got this pedigree, and people, but even if it's not funny, I just don't want to be. To, I don't want to be a hack. I don't well, it happens to me too. Like one time I was. I've been on the road with Tim Hawkins for about three years, and he just doesn't – they just made a decision in their company or whatever, somewhere along the lines, philosophically, that they weren't going to promote other people's stuff because it just becomes this weird thing of like right. – then you're expected to do it. or yep. They just kind of let people rise and fall on their own, even yep. if you tour with him. So I've always known that. So if I do a YouTube video, I'm not like, hey, Tim, share this with your 45 million, you know, whatever. Right. I don't do that. I just know not to. But one time he retweeted a tweet of mine that was old. It was yeah. like a year old. And it was just a dumb tweet. It was something like, I think it was, what was it? It was, uh, um, I just bought this book of insults and I can't put it down. That's what it was. <laughs> just a silly, dumb joke. But it's funny. It's clever enough. So it got like 12, normal 12 retweets and a few whatever. He he retweets it. And now it gets like hundreds. And they start rolling in. Hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> because he signed off on it. So I just like... I just almost want to write a joke and just go, Tim, put this out. I just want to see what it would have gotten. Right. In a perfect world, yeah. with the perfect s- setting, what would this joke, re- what would the real volition of this joke be? I want it to just die of its own thing. I don't want it to be like, well, we'll never know if it was really funny. Like, I want to know. This is our theory. We had this same exact conversation, yeah. and you were supposed to take one of my jokes on, into your show that weekend yeah. and try it in the tweet medal, and you didn't have the courage to do it. Yeah, well... Let me say this. Because I think if they look at you, they're going to think this has no, to. No, I have jokes that fall flat in the tweet. This has the, to be funny joke. because Johnny have, said it. No, I have jokes that fall flat in the joke medley all the time. I've never seen That's one. where I try. That's where I'm more likely to try a new idea and then be like, all right, moving on. Johnny, I'm sticking with Hatchback another day and I'm not dumbing it down for you. Sometimes years. my favorite ones are to do one that I know is going to get like a visceral reaction, but I'll do it anyway because it's funny to me. Right. Like I have one that I do and it's uh, this is a true story. So it's one of those, like, in the news, and then I make a comment on it. Uh, a University of Georgia student was attacked by a female mime last month. And that's a crazy story because who has ever heard of a silent woman? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's the joke, you know. And it's so it's so, it's so funny and offensive because it's like you don't know where I'm going right. with it. And then you just go, oh, well, he's saying that women right. can't shut up and long enough to be a mime. And I'll, if I do it at a men's conference, it's so funny because they'll be like, ooh, and they'll love it. And I'll be like, yeah, that did not get a good reaction at the Beth Moore conference, you know, or whatever. <laughs> they did not like it. Gosh, that's funny. Yeah. But sometimes I'll do, yeah, but it, you're right. There's something about, if that's an easy thing to say, though. Like, it'd be easy for me to say, like, oh, I put this thing and it only got, you know, 2,000 views. If John Christ had done it, it would have got like, well, sure. just make better stuff. At some I point, agree. like you can't just be, you can't just prop your whole stuff. Like sometimes it's just go build a better audience then. No, you know? I know. He built the, Tim built his audience and so it's fine. I agree. John, I built my audience. Stop trying to Stop. piggyback on I me know. with your dumb posture jokes. And quit making fun of you. I know. No, I it's know. fine. You can make fun of me. I, I have bad posture. Yeah. I'm slouchy. I'm a slouchy person. I'm a slouchy guy. People don't realize. I've, I've noticed this. I'm on stage a lot now. And so then people will meet me after the show, and they'll be surprised by how tall I am, even though they've just seen me. Evidently, when you're, somebody's on stage, yeah. there's an illusion of like, well, he's normal sized. Yeah. The state, because they're looking up at me, and so they're always they're doing some weird adjustment in their mind. Yeah. Evidently, perception wise, and so if, and there's nobody standing beside me usually. 
So she's like, oh, well, this is just a normal. Then they'll see me uh, at my merch table or something, and they'll be like, this, you're Shrek. Well, I had no idea <laughs> that you, yeah. So, which hurts my feelings, too. You're how tall? Six, I'm 6'4", six, four, four. but 6'3", six, 6'4", six, yeah. yeah. I can slouch down to 5'10", yeah. as you know. I don't have a special Mm-mm. corrective I know what to give you for device. Christmas now that you, I know you want presents. I'll, I'll wear it, maybe. Yeah. I've, heard they bu- I've heard of one that buzzes, though. I don't know. That this sounds... just senses you up. This just senses you up. And Correct. It, it doesn't hurt, though. And you know, it's not comfortable at first. Right now, I can't <laughs> notice it. But look, look where I'm sitting. I'm actually back. But you're kind of hunched back. You're hunched down. You're doing a... Emma? Yeah. Normally, I'd, normally, I'd be like this. So this this hurts. As listeners, like you can't flexing. see what you we're doing. You can't. This is terrible radio. Right, what we're doing right now <laughs> is unbelievable. <laughs> but no, so what? here's my thing. What is your sermon illustration going to be from the big fall? Uh, are you here's my thing <laughs> some of us aren't some of us like Brutus out there we've gotten away we've run we do, we're sick we're sick and we don't even we don't know why we need somebody to take care of us but we run away from the very one and he's chasing us down he's ch- he's chasing but how do you, you get Jesus to follow the story well uh I don't know. And on his way. He walked on water. That's kind of ice. Well, that's true. But yeah. he stated. He stated and uh, slipped. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, some of us are the ramp. Some, I don't know how Some that's. of us are the crazy old naked guy <laughs> laying down in five degree <laughs> weather. For some of us, <laughs> we're the actual guapo. <laughs> My favorite. In case you listeners don't remember that movie, The Three uh, Amigos. The Three Amigos. That uh, they're preparing to fight at the end with all the townspeople. Yeah, Johnny, mo- you probably got the whole speech. Big memorized. motivational speech Steve Martin gives to the townspeople and says, "We all have to face our own El Guapo at some point in our life." For some of us, shyness is there, or a lack of education could be your El Guapo. For us, it's the actual El Guapo—a big, angry Mexican who wants to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, anyway, no, that's good. But I, yeah, some of us are the ramp. Some of us are Brutus. Some of us. Some of us are the antibiotics that Some you took. Some of us are my wife who slept right through the whole thing. She did. Mm. Just like Jesus slept in the boat mm. when the storm was going on, maybe. Mm. No? I don't know. if. Did she get up and help you or did you just get yourself back to bed and go, oh, and I, she's like, what did you do? No, she never heard it because I, I I, she needed to sleep too. So Is I she to ever, sleep. Does she ever yell at you for hurting yourself? Do you ever get that from your wife sometimes? No, no, no. I yell at her for hurting herself. Yeah. I, I, and that weird thing, I do that sometimes too. I'll yeah. be like, Curry... What do you? She'd be like, I I hit my head. I'm sorry. Oh, I get Sadie did. Sadie will. We were sitting doing homework uh, this morning, and we're just sitting at the table. Yeah, studying for a math test, and I'm helping her through. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She sneezes or coughs or something, or leans over. Is like, ow! I was like, what? Well, my rib. I like popped a rib or something. I was like, hey. Can we just try to sit here at the table without injuring ourselves, if possible? <laughs> like, I don't even understand. Meanwhile, she's bleeding internally. Just random injuries. People do injure themselves sneezing sometimes, though. Not young people, though. She's pretty sturdy. I feel like that injuries happen. That's like an old person like that hurts their back, sneezing. Yeah. No, I have hurt myself doing things like that. But I just... I just the the number of times and then yeah yeah sometimes you're like daddy why are you mad at me because I got hurt I'm like right. I'm not mad at you I'm just I can't believe you ran into the wall I'm mad like, at this I'm mad at the situation right I'm just I just I'm not mad at you I just I, I'm I'm 
befuddled, flabbergasted. I am furious at your frailty, and <laughs> Daddy doesn't love you. No. Yeah, I, I, and I usually have to apologize. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm, I'm really sorry. And I really fancy myself a thoughtful, empathetic, compassionate person, you know. But it is. It's the— Who says words like fancied? Right. <laughs> fancy myself. <laughs> um, I just—I don't know. I just—if I just, uh, you use fancy as a verb. Yeah. yeah that's you're a, either Hugh Grant— Right. Or you're pretty empathetic. The uh, So Tyler Trent's brother wrote in the book, and he is, you know, 18, 19 years old. I mean, he might be 20. No. And he actually, we were going through some of the edits, uh, and his, his uh, dad said, okay, this word in here, whilst, W-H-I-L-S-T. Mm-hmm. And he said, did, did you? I said, I did not. But it was odd to me because it was correctly used whilst I was doing this mm-hmm. as an actual, like, a little more antiquated it's a little, it's form. A little Dickens. You could have said while or as I was or all those things, but he said whilst and he used it correctly. I was like, whilst. so I just went with it. It's not what you would normally hear a young adult say, but I was impressed, you know. I well, it's a college student. Come on. We're bringing it back. Journalism. Whilst we're doing this podcast, we're going to use other words that are. Yeah. We fancy ourselves quite intelligent. We're fancy lads. Oh, fancy lads. Well, so what's going on? So enough about me. Well, we've gotten some questions. I, I put out a thing for some questions. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Let me see what, if any of these are. Because people just want to be funny, you know. They think they're so funny. Uh, Should we use our segment music for this? This is from. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Ask Johnny. Yeah, we can do Ask John and Johnny. Do you have it ready? One second. <sighs> what's Okay, and let's let's go to that. Uh, let's uh, question number one: When the heck did you start a podcast? <laughs> and what's it called? Well, if you're listening, right, you know what it, it's called. It's called talk, talk about, about that. that. The and, podcast. Uh, he put pardon my French too for saying heck. So this is clearly a, <laughs> a homeschooler. Uh, there's a question about Mount Juliet traffic, which that's not very that's right. kind of, that's very regional. Be pertinent. Uh, a comedian friend wrote, what were the effects uh, existentialism had on art and literature during and after World War II? Wow. He only thinks that's a question that's being uh, silly and facetious. But we'll, you probably will answer that question. We'll tackle that. Um, art and literature, John, what were the effects existentialism had? This is not – people are driving into a pylon right now. Yeah, they don't care about yeah, this. Yeah, let's get that. Uh, let me go to the Facebook because I have a Facebook post. That was Twitter. So, oh, my question is, can you do another podcast without a three-month silence in between? <laughs> the answer is no. Wow, people are mean. Somebody wrote, who is John Driver? Because <laughs> 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 it's my page. You know? wow. When will Scarlet Thread have a reunion? Well, that's... Okay. That could be. So our desire to get questions has been completely... I'm going to use an old term from yeah. Old English, bootless. How did you two first meet? We've talked about that yeah. uh, on another episode, so go find that episode. But we met. John was a student, uh, a new scholarship student at Knoxville, Tennessee, mm. U- University of Tennessee, Knoxville. I lived in Knoxville, and we met at a church. Mm-hmm. And John was piano player, mm. worship leader mm. extraordinaire. Mm. And uh, we probably went out for Chinese food. I don't know. Probably a lot, actually. And then we started leading worship events on campus there uh, at UT. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the rest, as they say. Yeah, and we is we had a band and uh, we and had, called Scarlet Threat, among many other things. But uh, in the, the, I don't see a reunion, though. Do you see a reunion? You know what? Sometimes I think I would love to play Shadow. With everything again. we know now, what could we do? I'd love to hear you wail on Shadow, that big extra solo we would do oh, at the yeah. end live. I some, always enjoyed that. So, yeah, some extra measures in there. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to work electric into my comedy show now, and it's really – I'm trying to wrap my mind When you're a really gifted player. I mean, like Johnny yeah, – everybody doesn't know this, but Johnny W. is one of the best lead blues yeah. guitar players you're ever going to hear. Like, well, it's, it's a so lot good. of gear to drag around by myself. Yeah, but you got those fancy schmancy pedals now that do all the hooky-poos. Yeah, but you still got to carry an extra guitar and <sighs> all the other stuff because I would still want to bring the acoustic. Put it's it a lot of stuff, John. Backline it, bro. Put it in your rider. All oh, right. I need – I need – this <laughs> is that does that me in the back let's see it's perfect <laughs> it's like, uh what about this one what is a typical day uh in the life of johnny w versus john driver <laughs> this is gonna make me look okay. bad i don't like it <laughs> this is gonna, well first of all i wake up i'm slouching i'm in an o position <laughs> well you understand johnny and i have two very different lives we do but you're you are a hard worker you're, you're a very you're a hard worker. You're a very busy person, and I, I don't think it's not making me look better yet. I'm, uh, I am not a workaholic. You are a slave to the grind. You know what? You know what? People used to always. I noticed, like somewhere in my mid thirties, how everyone started every conversation with me as, "Hey, I know you're busy, but." Yeah, and not a, I was just playing with you. I don't mean to be like... So, like no, I really did. I set out, though, because I did. I would give off that vibe intentionally because it gave me... Uh, it helped with my insecurity to always let you know that I'm I'm on the move and accomplishing a lot. Like, it's like a mythology that you create of, like, right. somebody who's really doing important work. Right. I mean, honestly, yeah. when, when I kind of became more confident of who I was in Christ, to be quite honest with you, that's one of the things I stopped. Like, I don't really want to be known as that guy anymore. I just... I'm going to do what I do... Well, and there's certain something to be said for being uh, somebody who's getting something done, but also accessible to people. Yeah, you know that's a really tough balance to strike. Because if you're just like, well, he'll always be around because he's not doing anything, it's like that's not good. But the other extreme is like, don't even bother asking. Yeah, no, I don't want to be that. And and I think I still get treated that way, and I I, I struggle with that some. I did. I, it really happened when I met a few guys in life who I knew were on a whole other level of stuff that they were doing and. They had time. They, right, they still they, made time they, for they community. Weren't, or, they weren't stressed yeah. about yeah. it. But, I mean, I think daily, I think the number one thing that would be different from our lives is, is I mean, I'm waking up helping a kid get to school. I mean, above all, that that drives right. that drives my day. we got to get up at a certain time, you know, and, and we're going to work as well. But it's all predicated upon what time is drop-off and car line and all those things. While you – you know, are going to be in a different town, and depending on when your show yeah. is or your flight is that day, it's probably going to depend on what you get to do. So, yeah, uh, today I did a show last night. So I was I was home late last night. I did a show with a comic named Bob Nelson at uh, Zany's, which is my home club in Nashville. And I do clubs pretty rarely because I do a lot of churches and stuff. But man, it's so fun when I get a chance to work in in a room like that. And um, 
this is a guy who works clean. So I was excited about that. So the club calls and says, Hey, and I'm sure I wasn't like first on their list or whatever, but it was like, Hey, you wouldn't want to feature for this guy. It's like, sure. So it's kind of a longer set. Yeah. It's not the headliner set, but it's a longer set. And it's a guy who I kind of knew about, you know, he's been in the business for 40 years and it's just kind of a cool, I'll go hang and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad I did it, but yeah, it's a late night. It's a lot of work to get, cause you have, I have to get there early. So I had to leave my house at three uh, thirty to get to the club at four thirty, just so I can sound check my guitar for five minutes. Then I have like two hours before the show to kill because they start letting people in the room at five. And you can't you can't leave as downtown, right? So I'm just like right, I was in the parking traffic. lot. I was just like listening to sports talk radio and like punching up my joke. I was like looking at a couple new jokes that I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, so. I, that was most of my day, so I was there until nine or nine thirty, and then I came back home, and then I, uh, yeah, I watched a little TV with the misses, and uh, then I knew we were meeting for lunch today, so I was like, "Well, I'll get up today." Yeah, I did some. Uh, I filed my taxes. Mm, yeah, I guess yeah. I gotta do that. I haven't even started. And then uh, I met you for lunch, and then we are here doing the podcast. And then, but yeah, there'll be. I'll, I'll try to get some writing done today, and then like. This weekend I'm home because it's Super Bowl weekend, so hardly anybody has events right. on that weekend because it's just a wasted time to do it. So I'm trying to get a couple of big ideas out on on paper today and tomorrow and redeem the time. Some events want me to like film special videos for them. Right? Hey, I'm coming. Like I'm doing homeschool conventions this year. Seven of them. Nice. So all the region are like, hey, do a video, and so you do those, and then you, you know. You personalize it, hey, Missouri, or whatever. Right. So that's kind of part of what I do. But meanwhile, you wrote 50,000 words before I was even awake, probably. No, it was my day off from church. I did have to work on a sermon series overview that I got to get done uh, yesterday. But I had a conference call with a publisher and my agent and a writer and author on another book that we might be doing. And then follow-up calls to that. Then another follow-up call to that on... I got two other books possibly in the in the works. Um, so sometimes those days off for me are very book driven. They're yeah, very, you know, catch up on things and then endorsement stuff. There's some publicity things that we're working on and other yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, my last month, the daily life has been, you know, try to be a husband and a dad, a pastor, and then get this book written. You know, so um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think with you, man, it's just travel. I don't see how. The travel makes your life different every day, even yeah. though you know what it is. You know, right? But, yeah, because it'll be like get there. I got to get to a place uh, early enough in the day to. Sometimes it's like take two flights and then rent a car and drive to the place and then be there early enough to get the yeah. sound check done. Then you're kind of like in no man's land, or you get so get to a place so early that you can't check into the hotel because they won't let you check in. You're like, well, you're here, so you're in Washington D.C. It's 10 a.m. but there's no rooms ready yet. Yeah. So I don't know what you do in that situation, but I put on my pajamas and I get in the lobby on that couch <laughs> and I start saying things like, you got any toenail clippers? And so like a room opens room up, comes up yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's like, it's a weird thing. So you get, I try to get there early enough to where I'm not chasing the clock. A lot of comics are like, man, I just, as long as I get there in five minutes before I walk on stage, yeah, no. I just try not to do that to the people who book me because I know I know what it's like to be the event planner, right. where you're so scared of it going wrong. So yeah, it's like there's a lot of prep time. That's one thing we do have in common more than ever now is like you're talking about all those calls you get on. It's like the 
the writing or the book launch or the event of what we do is it's like the tip of the iceberg to what's going on underneath of like all the calls I have to make to try to land something for next year. Yeah. So like if I have something coming up in April, chances are there's been hours and hours of work to get that person to come to the table to bring me to their event. Or at least they saw me somewhere else and there might have been hours and hours behind that event. They just happened to see me in that scenario and now they go, oh, and they're kind of latching on. But yeah, man, it's um, it's a lot of stuff that's not the fun part, but it's just all part of it. Yeah, it's all it's all required. You know, by the way, there's an event that you and I may both be going to. Oh, yeah. Me speaking on the marriage topic and you doing some comedy. Really? Yeah. When's that? Oh, you're talking about the thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. Next year. He he texted me again. Did said, he? No. But I haven't got a booking request or anything yet. Oh. But he sent me one, but whatever. Is no, it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That would be awesome. Can you can you break it to John? That, that he's, <laughs> he's not, not coming. coming. Yeah. That's so it's sad. just not that good. At I wouldn't this. do that to you, John. No. Listen, you take that. You go do it. <laughs> wouldn't bother me at all. So <laughs> stop it. Be fine. That's gonna be a fun trip if we can uh, make it happen. So. Heck yeah, it will. But yeah, I thought you were talking about our trip to see the Vols play in the Final Four. Well, not talking about that trip, but because uh, you, you know, don't want to jinx it. I know no one wants do you to talk believe about in this. jinxes. I, what is that supposed to mean? Are you asking? Like you me? believe that if you say something. Like it's happening. Like Marty calls it when my, whenever I call Marty during like a South Carolina because he played for the Gamecocks. So if I'm ever like, man, you guys are killing Auburn, he'll be like, dude, right? He gets mad. Yeah. And here's what he says: You don't talk about the no hitter during the no hitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, his, that's his whole thing. I am. I will say this: Tennessee basketball is number one for two weeks in a row now, and they are that's 18, pretty and, 18 and one. They pretty- play Texas A&M tomorrow on the road, and they just beat South Carolina on the road, which is a good win. So I think that they're going to get beat a couple of times, but they are pos- they very, very likely a one seed, which has never happened, and I would love to go to the Final Four. In fact, listeners, here's the deal. This will be the best Tennessee team in John Driver's lifetime. It, it already is. Yeah, this, this is it. it what, here's what happens. It, they, they could only disappoint us. Right, they had the nowhere to go but down. There's, no, there's never been a more talented, more solid team. Yep. Even the Ernie and Bernie show was a real, like, two-man Mm-hmm. It was a two-man show. They scored a lot of points. They lost, five, they lost a lot of games. We have five players who score 20 points in any given night. Right. Yeah. So as far as, like, doing damage in the tournament, that's great. But we already could say, if anything, it just sets us up to be, like, really disappointed if they go out in a round of 32 right. because it's the best team. It's like that Titans team that went, like, 14-2 and two and then went out to yep. the Ravens. Yeah. We had a home game. Yep. The Ravens come in. That was the best Titans team we've ever had. Yeah. Even the one that won the Super Bowl was not that good. No. It was our best team, but we just had a disappointment. We had a tough game, and that can happen. Any given game. But we're so good this year, and we're so fun to watch and root for. I love it. They're great. They're great guys, and Coach Barnes is great. I actually think we would have went to the Final Four last year if it wasn't for running into Loyola. What a crazy I mean, thing. That's what makes the, the tournament great, though. Those yeah. those Cinderella stories. And I want that Cinderella story to happen to other teams. We need to be a Cinderella story every once hate, in a while. Why do you hate Sister Jean? I can't. <laughs> she <laughs> brought, made this. She... Uh, She's still alive. She prayed, she's still there. She prayed harder than I did. That, so. That's what we used to tell kids, right? Well, sorry, the, the other team prayed harder, Sadie. <laughs> no, but if we go to the Final Four, I may have to leverage a kidney, something, because I can't imagine in my lifetime, Tennessee. Not donate, just leverage it. Right. I'm just going to. Just kind of figure out a way to. Come take a piece of it if something goes wrong. Kind of that, thing. It was a did you know back. you can do that with livers? 
Yes, you can take a piece of a liver to grow. And it'll, it'll, so if I give you part of my liver yep. and you get a liver transplant, my liver grows back to a full liver. Yep. Your liver now grows into a full it's liver. It's like the too. starfish of the body. Yeah, it's like a sea sponge. It's right inside, bro. Yeah. Anywho, yes, Tennessee basketball is fun. A lot of fun to watch. It's really good. And they're, they're, they're great guys. It's a we great really got team. a lot of advantageous calls in that Vanderbilt game, though. You'll at least admit that, even mm-hmm. as a myopic fan. That flagrant. That flagrant call on Admiral, not Admiral, but Grant Williams, Actually, where he I, flung himself back on the hook, and yeah. they're really just they're really uh, focusing on that right. call this year, but it was pretty bad. They called it on us. I've seen it called on both teams. It all was really year. late in the game. It was a tough call. If I was a Vanderbilt fan, I'd be. Livid. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, I think that the refs called a bad game both ways that that game. So we got we got we got let back into that game and by a, the refs. And a lot of it's games, okay. A lot of games have gone against us. In the course of the season, it won't matter. But I'm saying for that night, I can understand why Vandy fans were mad. Their, their team was playing the best game of the year. Yeah, and but, they, they had every chance to upset the number one team, and the refs took it away from them. It was bad. It was but bad Grant call. Williams had 43 points, and yeah. he was 23 of 23 but from the But four of those points line. that he got were a bad call. So here's the deal. You should have stopped him from the other. They it, were they were up six when that happened. If he would have had 39, I, I still like our chances. Just, just John, it's not, you're not going to be a less of a fan if you admit we got a really advantageous call. John, I can't help it. I, I, I'm not saying the ref's being paid or whatever. I think it was a good call. It was a poor, poor call. And they looked at it on the monitors and watched Grant throw himself back and onto the ground and still called it. No, no, it's a flagrant. It's like, no, but that's that was deal. like that was like pro wrestling. If you hook in the arm, they call that call. But he wasn't being hooked when he did that. He was released, and then he went, <laughs> and like a trombone sound played, <laughs> and then Hulk Hogan's entrance music played. <laughs> it was that WWE. Oh man, it's fun. I love them, and I think it's a great game. But that we should have lost that game. You know what's crazy? You know who was on the other end when they got on the headphones to talk about the call when they and they're looking at the instant replay? I don't know. It was me. What's and it? I told them They go, We're going to New York and you're like, I gotta catch a flight to New York. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, I'm in New York, honest. You guys want a slice? <laughs> That's what people in New York say. Oh uh, we have one last question. All right, one last question, we gotta get out. What's your f- this is a cartoonist who follows me. Okay. His name is Cartoonist Aaron. Mm. What's your favorite comic strip? Well, I already know, hands down. Although I did grow up watching uh, or reading because um, I was a big penguin person and I liked Opus, the yeah. penguin. Okay. And uh, that, what was that strip called? What was Opus on? Mr. Penguin's Opus. No. Oh, okay. But of course, it's the far side. The far side is. Oh, yeah. This is the I have best. a far side book here somewhere, I think. I used to. I had five or six of those. You know, growing up, those are my favorite. And you could just, you talk about a. You talk about a bathroom book. Oh, yeah. That like they invented the bathroom book. Yep. My favorite books were those and the Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy yes. books. They did two of those, Deep Thoughts and Even More Deep Thoughts. Yep. And they're so good. And actually, I want to do a joke book because of those books because I remember them. And I have a bunch of one-liners like that, you know, like my beautiful mime joke. Beautiful mm. mime. Oh, wow. That's, that's what you like call a, it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm just imagining. Like, do you, do you, do you remember I'm, Robin Hood Men and Tights when the guy, the jester, is a mime and he's performing for the king and the yeah. king's real frustrated with him and he says, you know what, just just kill him. And they start to drag him away and he's like, no, no, wait, wait. On second thought, don't kill him. <laughs> After all, a mime is a terrible, terrible thing, thing to waste. waste. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, that's, a, that's a very Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah it's very Mel Brooks. But, yeah, so it's got to be the far side, right? Did you like any? Did you, were you a family loved circus man? The, I loved the far but side. Did you like something better? Like there's an actual strip. I consider that more of a one side. I, I, I'm actually a Peanuts guy. Really? Yeah, I love Schultz. Uh, Calvin love, and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah. 
And Calvin and Hobbes every now and again would hit you in the, between the eyes with some like cool, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They'd kind of make you tear up a little bit. You're like, man, yeah. Hobbes gets it. Yeah. You would, you would have a little. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the last one. They posted this the other day. It was like, it's been this many years since the last Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. And it was this whole thing about them kind of know they're kind of acknowledging in the strip itself that this is their last one. Yeah. And so they're kind of, he's, you know, he's riding off in the sunset on Hobbs. And it was just kind of like this. I was like, man, yeah. they really, it's a dumb cartoon, but how cool you connect with these characters. You know, Johnny, some of us who do dumb things right. have a heart, you know, it's down. Deep Sometimes inside. we're the ramp. Sometimes, Sometimes we're the naked, crazy guy. <laughs> Sometimes we're the dog with pancreatitis. Johnny, I've seen it a hundred times in the lives of millions. Hey, you know, I think that's going to be our show. Yeah. Today. Keep uh, those questions coming. Yeah. Uh, or they, even better ones. They were thought provoking. I mean, sure. Uh, Some of them were just, yeah. hey, let me get, you know. Right. And then they, and you know what? We fed the animal by putting, by saying those silly They're questions. They're not listening on to this. This is just, I'll, well, I'll make sure and try you to You have to direct tweet now each one of those people with a, yeah. hey, you were mentioned in the blank. podcast. You were mentioned. Yeah. You got your little moment the of The only way that you can listen to it is if you also subscribe to it. Something like that. Well, I remember my true. first blog, uh, I used to have a Blogspot blog back in the day when that was a thing. And it was, uh, my remember my blog name? It was called Johnny's Forum of Self-Importance. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was I mean, a really long name, Johnny's Forum of Self-Importance.blogspot.com. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you had to save it in your favorites. You couldn't just <laughs> nobody's typing that in every time. Backslash. Yeah. Exactly. Back when you had backslashes. Well, hey, uh, we would love for you. We do uh, are glad to be back and excited to continue. We'll talk about that with you guys. So send us any questions and subscribe, share with your friends and yeah. uh, go uh, obviously check out Johnny W all over YouTube everywhere. Buy John's books, guys. Love, guys, I just want to feed my kid. He's got a house payment. I can't pay these volleyball fees, so it's a lot. It, oh, it's more than you think. So, anyway, uh, we we look forward to being with you next week. And uh, as always, we enjoy our time with you here on. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.